0: South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane.
1: Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek.
0: So tell me about your Thanksgiving holiday weekend.
1: You and I have been together uh, since uh, last Tuesday, so this was exactly the week. We took the Friday off. Um, the Friday show off for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, been good, been pretty interesting. Like I've told you, we weren't able to travel on Thursday. Uh, we did travel down to new Albany, see some family on Saturday, uh, watch the egg bowl, have a good time there and and got a chance to see them. So hope everybody, all of our UTW podcast listeners had a good Thanksgiving holiday, a good opportunity to be with family and friends over the holiday. I don't know how many people traveled or didn't travel and stuff. I, I know when we, when we traveled on Saturday, the roads were pretty empty on saturday so i figure a lot of people stayed home this weekend
0: You're hopefully trying to do their part and you know there was a lot of encouragement not to travel to kind of stay close family that you've been seeing that's what we did we stayed here also uh went to my in-laws house uh for the for lunch stayed about two or three hours just got a good catching up with them and and just you know having a good meal and coming back and pretty much taking the rest of the day off just taking it easy didn't do much over the weekend either and uh just some stuff around the house uh put christmas up Christmas oh, okay. up early. So that's done for the season. I mean, uh, done.
1: Put it up. Done. Christmas tree, everything. Do your kids help or no? Just the tree. The hesitation told me the answer just right the, there. Just the tree. I mean, there's not like they're putting out stuff. Does Bo help bring panels. stuff down? I mean, do you oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now we do the boxes. Yeah, we do we the kids the boxes bring down. stuff
1: down, and by them bringing stuff down, they feel like hey, they don't have to help you with the rest. Yes. Okay. There. You go.
0: And then, and then of course they have their, you know, they we all have like ornaments that have been given as a right. kids. Oh, so you got to hang your own ornaments. Well, typically kids' ornaments are ones that are given are not the best looking, and so but they think it's great to put them on the front of the tree, dead okay. center. Okay. And so there's a lot of rearranging, and then it's kind of like they do it on purpose because at some point we're like, hey, just leave, right? Because you're just you're just taking twice. As long to have to rehang what you've already hung, so they okay. did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> you know, I can't blame them. I did the same thing. I could see, I could see both your kids. Well, especially the older one, I could see him doing that and being a, a bit of a uh okay i try to do it I try to exactly help. trying to be a little bit of a pest but anyways yeah we have not we brought down one box uh we have several trees that we do so it's a work in progress for us we have not done it yet but i know um probably one of my top three things to hate doing oh it. yeah i can't i can't I, I just i put it off i can't stand it
0: well we, we did it i mean you had four days to do it we knocked it out and it was great and i'm glad it's done but it is not my, my favorite time of year uh to do that port but once it's up it's nice and i love it for 30 days And then it comes down And then it's a pain again
1: Right No I, I, I agree Then you gotta take it all back down And stuff And Derek I told you this before We have a fake tree And our fake tree years ago We got our cats About 10-11 years ago So we sprayed the fake tree With some kind of stuff Supposed to keep cats away And so The second it comes out of the bag There's the smell There's the taste It gets on your hands Ugh. It gets on your hands And like you can't do anything For about a day Without that taste And that smell Really on your hands so that, No that's matter also, how much you wash
0: So worse than tree sap
1: Yeah and it's just It's kind of a a sharp taste to it, and anyway, just a mess. And uh,
0: if you are, you know, looking for a place to put that special tree,
1: absolutely. This year, you're looking for that new house. If you're ready to decorate for Christmas, uh, maybe decorate a new home, please reach out to our presenting sponsor, uh, starting their third month of our, being our presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been the number one residential real estate team in DeSoto County for the last 10 years. They possess over 55 years combined experience when it comes to the buying and selling of residential real estate in the Mid South. They are licensed in Mississippi and licensed in Tennessee as well. So please reach out to them if you have. Have any buying or selling needs when it comes to residential real estate you will find no better team no better group of people than Brian and Terry's team over at Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. Give them a call at 662 449 1700 That's 662 449 1700 Or reach out to them at TeamCouch.com. That's TeamCouch C O U C H dot com. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the mobile car and van rental studio mobile car and van rental formerly mid-south vans located at the corner of mccracken and commerce right here in hernando if you have any body shop needs car broken down needs or family vacation trips planned anything like that we are now offering cars we'll soon have trucks and still able to do some of our vans. So please give us a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 anytime, day or night, for a car or van rental. we
0: well, we'll start off today's show. We're going to start uh, locally and then kind of branch out from there as we go throughout the show. But we want to start off uh, just offering our condolences to the family uh, of Sonny Bryant. Uh, Sonny Bryant was the uh, alderman, uh, of Ward One uh, that passed away on November 28th. You know he just was a uh, uh, alderman for uh, for many years for Ward One. I uh, did a great job for the city. Uh, he was uh, 79 years old. He had actually he was lifelong resident Hernando. I've uh, been here his whole life. He was born in 1941. He went to uh, Hernando, graduated from Hernando High School and Northwest. Uh, he served his country in the U.S. Air Force uh, during Vietnam. Uh, he was retired from the Soto County Sheriff's Department. The United States Postal Service and Bryant Tire and Service Center, uh, and of course uh, his son Paul Bryant now runs that service center today. So just a a, a great loss uh, in the community, a great leader uh, that you know represented uh, his ward very well, but all, but mainly represented his family. Uh, just growing up here uh, for many years, uh, just a just a great man.
1: Yeah, Derek. I mean, born and raised in Hernando, like you said, went to Hernando High School, served the United States of America in the Armed Forces, came back home to. Um, to, to work and to own a business here. So again, we, we were just about to begin our discussion about the Alderman meeting, which happens tonight. Uh, the first Alderman meeting for the, uh, the city of Fernando uh, will be tonight for December. And so before we started talking about that, uh, Derek, we definitely thought we should mention the the passing of Mr. Bryant. Uh, our condolences out to uh, his many uh, friends and family, and certainly his constituents out there in ward one uh, that he served for so many years. So we definitely, the, the UTW podcast uh, definitely takes our hat off to him. And
0: it, if you wanted to uh, show your uh, appreciation uh, and offer your condolences to the family, uh, there is a drive-through visitation today uh, from 1 until 3 p.m. Uh, at his home at 1909 West Oak Grove Road in Hernando. That's 1909. West Oak Grove Road in Hernando from 1 to 3 today.
1: So Derek turning our attention to the Alderman meeting, like I just mentioned the first and third Tuesdays of each and every month. So this this week you know, not a whole lot going on uh, right now uh, in the Alderman meeting per se, uh, but catch us up on the first thing. The first thing, the, the, the Christmas parade is cancelled. Chamber of Commerce sponsored Christmas parade is cancelled which was scheduled for December 7th. Alright, next Monday. Yeah, next Monday, December 7th that has been cancelled, but someone has stepped up and possibly trying to put something together Derek, you and i both know how how hard it is to put together an event like this put something like this catch us up to speed on that real quick so
0: there's again several things uh, to talk about but the first is the what you mentioned uh julie hopkins is looking to try to have a discussion on a reverse christmas parade uh this is a type some of the there are other communities we've talked to a couple people that we know that have uh heard of other communities that are putting a reverse christmas parade together where the floats would be stationary so you'd have different parking lots, would have different, I guess, kind of like stationary murals. You know, if, if they did it that way, but these would actually be people in floats or people dressed up in you know certain holiday uh, decor, or maybe businesses set up with their own thing to advertise. And you would drive by, right? So the people floats in the stay city, put. You drive by. That's right. So okay. and so same route. You know, they would be stationed all along Commerce Street, and then you would basically start at uh, the Mount Pleasant Extended come up to Commerce, go down Commerce, go around the square, and then go home uh, at you know, at whatever leisurely pace that it has, and I'm sure there would be some kind of set hours uh, in order to do that. So, that discussion will be tonight. Not saying, you know, that, again, they're trying to have it, I think, to postpone it two weeks, to try to have it the week of the 14th. If it happens, we don't know yet, but that will be discussed. Uh, the next thing is that the City of Hernando will have a new sports director. Now, this is not a Parks and Rec's director. This is a sports director uh, that reports to the Parks and Rec's director. Brennan Robertson looks like qualified for the job and will be, um, uh, there will be a request for his approval to have the position. So that will be happening tonight. Do we have any
1: kind of a bio on Mr. Robinson, anything like that? Uh, I don't. know. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, congratulations that, that, to him, whoever he is. Maybe we'll get to know him uh, sometime soon.
0: I think uh, from a couple of comments, it looks like he does have some experience, maybe five years worth of experience. I think that was part of the requirement right, yes. of it.
1: Uh, and so I think we'll have
0: more of that tonight. We can report on that Friday. Uh, the next, there is a uh, subdivision development agreement for Phase 5 of the Montclair subdivision. Uh, this is on uh off of Scott Road on the south side of Scott Road uh, on the west side of town in Hernando. And then there's a couple other things that want to make sure that is listed on the, if you pull up the agenda, is listed on the agenda that may be postponed until next time. Um, There was uh, a couple of, of... Discussions they're going to have, uh, but depending on kind of how things go and and uh, also because of, uh, you know, talking with uh, with everything with Mr. Bryant, it uh, may postpone a couple of those till the 15th. Uh, so the final thing will probably be uh, tonight will probably be the discussion uh, of the newest quote and uh, the awarding to Raleigh Paving Company for the Phase 2 walking trail at Renaissance Park. Uh, this is done by a grant, so no city money to be putting in a, a, another – Part of the of the walking trail, and again, if you haven't been out there, uh, it's a beautiful. I think like a one and a half mile walking trail, and so I do encourage you to go out there and enjoy it, whether you run, walk. Uh, But it is it's it's nicely, you know, uh, kind of a paved area that you can do it, and uh, you know, go out there and experience what the city has to offer.
1: Is phase two making it a longer trail or just taking the trail and making the one and a half mile trail nicer or
0: uh it's 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 both it's making an extension and also doing some widening in some areas
1: i I just didn't know if it was phase two and we were taking it from a mile and a half to two and a half miles or if they were just taking phase one and now kind of there's some some
0: connector points making it a little longer because it was like you know some of it's it's wider than other spots uh of course you know to do the whole length around it you can't Right, you know, add unless you started doing like a some kind of swirl toward the middle. Gotcha. Um, but it's it's uh, it's more improvement with the have, and then any places that were not done the first time adding to it. I'm
1: assuming uh, probably the work will probably start in the spring when, it, when when it warms up more than likely.
0: Well, I mean, this is the it's the lowest and best quote for Raleigh paving. So yeah, especially this week, and you're not going to want to do any sure. any of <laughs> that for. Uh, I don't think they move that fast. No. Well, not only that, it's just you know you don't want to. To try to do something or sets concrete up while you no, know we know it's going to freeze, yeah, so no, they'll, they'll wait to pass some out of
1: that. Makes total sense to do that. Derek, something else uh, not in the Auditors meeting, and we'll talk a, a little bit more uh, here in just a second. Got a phone call from a gentleman yesterday to give me a simple update that the uh, chain link fence that we have discussed so much on the UTW podcast, probably the most talked about thing for most of the people we've dealt with over the last uh, thirty two shows or, sh- or so, is the chain link fence, and the uh, the removal has begun. So the temporary the very permanent looking temporary fence uh, that we might make t-shirts of that set in concrete right set in concrete it was as nice a temporary fence as i've ever seen it is now being removed and looks like the iron uh, permanent fence will, will begin the process of of getting put in there which i know a lot of people especially ladies that have talked to us about in the last four months about the show have, have a lot of them have mentioned the uh, chain link fence
0: well and, and the city you know whether that was the original plan or not uh, the city did say that this would happen. It, it's there happening. You yeah. So, you know, all you can do is hold uh, your your city leaders uh, accountable. They're doing what they said they're going to do, so I applaud them for, for carrying it through.
1: Would you, would you feel like or would you agree that the chain link fence is coming down because of the UTW podcast? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to say that.
0: I'm not going to say that. I think that it, there was a lot of people voicing d- a lot of yeah. opinion. We just have a,
1: I guess, maybe a, a – yeah, we're, crazy enough to, we, we're crazy enough to get on the microphone, right? And, actually to, say and it. to put it out there to be permanently recorded. I yes. can I can give you five people I know five couples at least that heard our show and drove down Mackinville just for the reason of checking out the chain link fence. Well, it's not much to see. Yeah, well, did I not, see? Yeah, it was not, not much to see, see. No doubt, no doubt. Considering it's uh, not allowed in any backyard in Hernando. But uh, anyway, we digress. Derek, thank you for the update on the auto meeting. Uh, something that we do need to talk about, we feel led to talk about, um, we, we, we let off the Alderman meeting talk about uh, Mr. Sonny Bryant and, and his uh, passing, which uh, affects the, the seat. It affects the seat of the Alderman. Um, so some people had reached out to us and asked us kind of how this worked. Derek did a little bit of investigating today. And, uh, Derek, tell us how this works uh, with the passing of Mr. Bryant when it comes to the Board of Aldermen for the city of Hernando.
0: I talked to the uh, mayor uh, yesterday, and first of all, I, I do want to go on record that the city obviously everybody is devastated with his loss uh, on the board and that the city flags will fly at half staff now you know, the, the mayor has no uh, discretion over the state flag or the federal flag right. but the city flags will fly at half staff uh for this week for in in the passing uh, you know to, to mourn his passing, uh, so that 's the first thing that he wanted me to make sure that uh, everybody would be aware of so then talking about how that would work so obviously the seats up so ten days they have to finalize the vacancy within ten days uh, of the vacancy and uh, this in this case it happens to be due to a passing, but if it, if it was a resignation or whatever, they would have ten days right. okay. to uh, to finalize the vacancy after that ten days they then have up to thirty days to hold a special election now. We all know that there's an election coming up in April, and you may wonder, well, why don't they just appoint somebody? And it sounds like I will save a lot of trouble. The law says that you cannot appoint anybody if the remaining term is more than six months. This term, uh, Mr. Bryant's term, goes through June 30th. So, with uh, his passing being on November 28th, that's obviously more than six months, and therefore uh, the mayor cannot appoint somebody. Uh, it has to be done uh, as a special election. So, the uh, special election will happen 30 days after the 10 day finalization of the vacancy. And then that person will, you know, whoever candidates wants to run, they can run, they will be elected. They will actually serve the remaining term through June 30th. However, if they are still in Ward 1, they'll have to run again in April for the exact same seat. Or because this election is being done under the current wards, not the new wards that were voted in last uh, Alderman meeting, Uh, this person who'd run and wins this time could possibly already be in another ward uh, when they literally take the seat for the remaining term.
1: Right, because of the redistricting we talked about numerous times and, and stuff like that. That's. Very interesting, and again, we're we're trying to uh, uh, Derek and I spoke off air uh, about even covering this, you know. But I, I mean, when it's all said and done, Derek, I mean, it is something that the city has to deal with now. The city has to work through and and have the correct number uh, of of alderman, you know. Yeah, and available. so and
0: what you're looking at by the second meeting in January, right. there will be a new elected representative of Ward
1: One in Hernando to carry out that seat until June 30th. Should he or she want to run for the seat and so forth. I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I'm saying he's he or she will be elected for the remaining term mm-hmm. of Mr. Bryant. Okay? And then possibly
0: could run again in the same ward, right. possibly could be in another ward, but that's, that's where we are right now. Understood.
1: Okay. I mean, that's the first thing that really kind of uh, – or something that I thought of, uh, you know, I, I didn't know if it was going to be an appointed type thing or appointed situation, um, but that's definitely news to kind of learn uh, what has to happen there. So and, uh, the city will be having a
0: special meeting. The mayor said hope maybe this Thursday. Uh, they're going to obviously probably talk about that tonight, uh, about holding a special meeting to, again, determine the process of, of finalizing the vacancy and then setting the election.
1: So that's the information about the uh, Hernando Alderman meeting, uh, first and third Tuesday of each and every month. But we're going to turn our sights now on the South Haven uh, Alderman. Just really, Derek, not anything really big uh, going on with the South Haven Alderman meeting seems like for tonight but there is one thing going on that we did talk about in the last two or three weeks Uh, visit a little bit with the mayor about that when we interviewed him six weeks ago Uh, so Derek catch us up on the the big thing that's coming out of tonight's meeting
0: Well, Mayor has already kind of expressed to the public that the bridge that everybody's excited for that beautiful pictures we talked about it uh, here uh, on the podcast and everybody's excited to kind of connect Snowden Grove to the Silas Square project and to make for a walkable entertainment district that is now been put on hold uh due to covid backlog uh in the supply chain so a lot of the supplies a lot of the materials needed for the bridge is just backed up and and i think that those who work in construction or those that deal in construction understand that i mean windows i believe for houses are up to three months behind you know framing packages are extremely expensive right now a brick is on back order and so a lot All that would be, you know, know, windows, of course, it's not actually window window, but they're more like glass, but glass, uh, lumber, bricks, all those will be included in the project for the bridge. All of those are on those two to three month back orders. And so the mayor has said that we're just going to postpone it. Let's see where the prices go. Let's see what happens. And so you're looking probably at a spring to summer start on the bridge at this time.
1: Yeah, it makes total sense, Derek. I mean. Again, this is uh, a very nice project, something the city of South Haven is definitely uh, happy about and going to be pretty neat. But if it gets delayed six months or a year when it's all said and done and can save or fit it under budget, or uh, fit at the budget that they've approved, no-brainer. I mean, you know, it's definitely the right thing to do there, uh, you know, because it's a neat project. I think it's going to be really neat for the whole county, uh, definitely. Uh, we actually drove up, Derek, um, on uh, Thanksgiving night is when they opened the Southern Lights mm. there at Central Park yeah. in South Haven. So we drove up there, and, and we actually were heading up Get Well and took a left and, and, and made our way through Silo Square just to check out those different things. And again, such a neat project and the bridge is going to be a a neat part of it. But if you have to lay it six months or even a year to get it where it needs to be financially for the city, makes total sense. Podcast brought to you by The Print House, located right behind Funderburk's Pharmacy in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them online at com. That's com. Podcast also brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves are starting to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. North Point Christian School is the oldest and
0: largest Christ-centered college preparatory school in DeSoto County. They are centrally located in South Haven, Mississippi. They serve students in grades pre-kindergarten through 12th grade. Would you like to know more about North Point? They are holding their next Preview the Point admissions event this Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Again, this Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Reserve your spot by calling Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. Sheila Sharon 662-349-5127.
1: Derek, we're going to turn our sights to uh, what I think you and I would consider a crappy situation. The city of Memphis and DeSoto County are going at each other a little bit about a treatment facility, sewage treatment facility. The city uh, in South Memphis, uh, DeSoto County, the residents of South Haven, Horn Lake, and... So, DeSoto County.
0: DeSoto the County out. Uh, so, DeSoto County, City of South Haven, City of Horn Lake. Uh, these, there's a, a treatment plant in South Memphis okay. that has been treating, obviously, Memphis uh, constituents' waste. Uh, and, but also has been treating those from those uh, areas, so basically North DeSoto County, South Haven, and the city of Horn Lake. And this has been going on for years. The current contract where that uh, treatment plant would actually service the sewage uh, of North Mississippi goes through 2023. And the city of Memphis has been trying for the past 11 months uh, asking a federal judge to rule that the city cannot be forced to do it for any time after the 2023 contract, they're, the city lenders don't want it done. You know they don't think it's fair that you know they're having to service somebody that's not even in the city, but not even in the state. And so they you know, they're going back and forth on this.
1: So uh, what happened there? But does, do you know any background on why this even started? Well, because of capacity.
0: Um, okay. know, the city of Memphis, has obviously, is a full capacity. They've been expanding their sewer lines to meet the county needs. Now, the count they're just as upset with the counties. I mean, Clayerville, Germantown, they still flow into the the city's uh, treatment centers. Also, wow. Well, these are now their own, you know, municipalities who have their own, you know, obviously school systems, which was done a couple of years sure, ago. Sure. And so the city of Memphis is just, you know, they're charging them separate rates to do it but they're still treating them they're charging you know DeSoto county rates uh and doing that now DeSoto county horn lake and south haven have been getting an extremely good deal uh, over the last several years because they're paying i think it's like i mean it's uh let me look at it make sure i say this right 40 cents 40 cents per 1000 gallons and so obviously that's that's pretty cheap whereas the municipalities in memphis have been paying about three dollars and 32 cents Per thousand gallons. So we're getting a really good deal. Maybe and it's based
1: off a contract that was right, signed for the contract. For, yeah. that's
0: done. Now, Horn Lake, South Haven, and DeSoto County want to extend that basically to about 2040. And to go ahead and take it out. Now they've offered to pay four and a half times their current contract.
1: So uh, they would raise it from forty cents to about a dollar eighty. A dollar eighty. So dollar eighty. Wow, but okay. the city
0: of Memphis says, you know, you know, and so we're we're willing to pay that because you know, obviously, yeah. the city of South Haven, yeah. Horn Lake, and Soto County have grown in capacity. Yeah,
1: our sewage has to go somewhere.
0: But the, the Memphis is saying, well, no, we need to cut it off and save that capacity for ours. But then, DeSoto the County's counterpoint is: Well, if you do that, you know we're paying you forty cents now. We're offering you $1.80. dollar eighty. If you don't accept the dollar eighty, are you now going to increase the rates for your own constituents? Correct. And how are they going to feel about yeah. that? So this- they've got
1: a pre- Memphis has a pretty good deal. They have their claws in DeSoto County right now. Right. Period. Right. So right. it's like, hey, we're willing to we're willing willing to give you more money. You'd be crazy not to take our money for the next twenty years because if we build our own in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty three we disappear that $0.40 cents for every 1,000 gallons. Well, yeah, I mean, and
0: again, Memphis, is probably they may be losing money on it right now. Because right, were, sure. But we're offering to not only – I mean, four and a half times, that's a huge increase it's in a, anybody's yeah. contract. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that DeSoto County is offering a fair thing, but Memphis doesn't even want to hassle. they was like, look, you're not in our state, you're not right. in our city, okay. um, go build your own. And, of course, if that were to happen, that would fall to DeCrua, uh, which is the uh, DeSoto County Regional uh, Utility Authority, about what to do about that right and you know maybe we having to do another plant somewhere in the northwest corner uh, of the county so again this is just all you know things that a lot of us probably don't know what's going on but that those are serious i guess serious confrontation serious discussions about what to do because i think what's a saying it always runs downhill right uh well this is literally running uphill <laughs> to memphis yeah. and if, if this is not settled uh, in a way where you know the I guess the current contract can continue after 2023. There will be decisions that will have to be made.
1: And I guess when it's all said and done, DeSoto County for like, I mean our waste has been going to Memphis, and if we were to have it to create our own thing or create our own whatever, not everybody wants that to come into their neighborhood. Not everybody wants to come that in, in their land or their area. So that would be something. And it's to, you
0: know it's also millions of dollars to do that. And sure. so you can see the cruel rates, which. A lot of people don't get excited about it on their water bills. Right. Uh, yeah, also Hernando, increase. it's on
1: your water bill. D- yeah, DCRUA is on your water bill. Absolutely. And just to be fair, we don't pay Decrua uh,
0: directly. The cities pay Decrua. Okay. And then the cities basically bill the constituents or the residents to make up, and it's a break even proposition. Correct, so they yeah. only bill per population and per usage
1: what they didn't send to the county correct exactly so uh interesting you know uh thing where we'll keep you up to speed there uh who knew who, Derek we always joke around about it. did you ever think your life would come to the point where you and I are discussing uh, sewage tr- uh, treatment facilities uh, for DeSoto County uh, on a podcast and the answer is no I'm going to beat you to that one no, no. so uh, but it is what it is so uh, we started out with Hernando we moved into DeSoto County uh Derek give me a little bit of information about a statewide situation financial assistance for businesses all across the state of Mississippi uh, give us a little bit of information on the EIDL uh, that's going on in Mississippi.
0: The economic injury development loan has been out there for many months now, basically since the beginning, uh, almost beginning of the year. Uh, So when coronavirus started and the PPP were were offered, uh, even before the PPP, the economic injury development loans uh, had been offered to people who were starting to be affected by shutdowns, whether mandatory or or having to shut down because of, you know, the fact that they couldn't have a certain number of people indoors, et cetera. And so, That has been out there uh, probably for a good nine or ten months. Now the EIDL is not only specifically for that, but that's the the main reason you've heard about it this year. I mean, that can be for other economic injury, but the main disaster this year has been the coronavirus. Uh, that is that will be go through the end of the year, so you could still apply if you have not applied already. Now you can't receive it twice, but if you have not applied already and maybe you thought you could make it, you didn't need assistance. But now we're getting close to the end of the year, and maybe this, if, especially if you're in retail or something like that, and you're really expecting to be in the black during the holiday shopping season, and You look like that's not, they may not happen for you. You still have till December 31st to apply through SBA. This is directly through SBA for the Economic Injury Development Loan, the EIDL loan. And so the uh, Secretary of State of Mississippi wanted to make sure everybody was aware that you still have 31 days to apply. So please go in there. You know, if that's something that you need, uh, it's based on, I guess, the sales that you have and what you apply for. Some of it possibly could be a grant, but again, the name alone is in the name economic <laughs> Injured development loan so True. it's in the it's in the name so that there is a grant portion to it possibly but if there's something that you need Please be prepared that, you know, you probably will have to pay this back. But, again, that might not be that big of a deal if it means, you know, your company may or may not make it to the end of the year. So that is still available. Please visit uh, sba.gov to apply
1: for that. Such a tough situation. I mean, uh, you're in the banking business and uh, have have worked with me on some different things uh, from the coronavirus. Just just an awful situation for a lot of people across the country. Definitely a lot of people in Mississippi, uh, you know, maybe even some people that are listening to the podcast right now. So if you're in need of that uh, assistance or want to learn more about that, like Derek said, go to sba.gov. Well, you know, Derek, uh, talking about the coronavirus and the different pandemic and the, and the the tough situation there, there's a lot of people in DeSoto County that, uh, you know, are ill and and, and so forth. And, you know, if you're, not feeling well you're going to seek a doctor and this week's fact of the week is about one of the best doctors uh, you know, that's ever been in Hernando, Dr. Henry Wadsworth but uh, Rob Long was nice enough to give you some information and so the entire fact of the week for this week is going to be uh, dedicated to him and uh, informational to all of our listeners in Hernando.
0: Yeah so the fact of the week uh, as you mentioned uh, will be a, a extremely local and personal fact of the week but it's provided us to by Rob Long at the DeSoto County Museum uh, please visit the DeSoto County Museum uh, it's open from 10 to 4, Tuesday through Saturdays here uh, in Hernando uh, on Commerce Street. Say it every week. But if you've not been, please make time, especially during the holidays. If you're in town, if you're looking for something to do, you can, uh, you know, you can register a time with Rob to give a person to get a personal tour to make sure that you know there's not a lot of people in there. If you have uh, coronavirus uh, worries, so again, could not. Push it more, cannot pump it up more. Please, we've got a wonderful, uh, just a jewel of a a museum in our community and just a great curator in Rob Long. So please get by there and see him. And if you do, please let him know that the UTW podcast sent you. Today's fact of the week. uh, As you know, three generations of the Wadsworth family have served DeSoto County for more than 70 years or two-thirds of a century. In their honor, the DeSoto County Museum recently installed its latest exhibit entitled, from cholera to coronavirus, the history of health care in Minnesota County in honor of the Dr. Henry M. Wadsworth Sr. family, along with the Emerson family. Again, it's a it's a, an entire exhibit uh, that has old medical bags, uh, has old medical equipment. Uh, there are pictures of, of some of the... Um, not only the equipment, but like even a chair that was used. Uh, it shows the diplomas of everybody. It shows kind of what some of the uh, the different diseases that have been looked at over the years. Uh, and again, it's in one of the, the newer back rooms. It's a great setup. I actually personally saw it when I was there. He had actually just finished it when I visited, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and just a a wonderful thing. So again, we do appreciate all that uh, Dr. Wadsworth, uh, Henry Wadsworth had done for this community, but you know, three generations of doctors. Uh, He's got grandchildren. Uh, I believe one of his grandchildren actually is interested in being a medical doctor also, so could be four generations, but just a wonderful family, a wonderful exhibit. So please go by there and just see another fact of the week actually in person uh, yourself at the DeSoto County Museum.
1: Yeah, thank you, Rob, for uh, that information. I think Derek received that email late last week uh, just Kind of, Rob. I guess thought that maybe the fact of the week should be dedicated to Doctor Wadsworth and and also the exhibit that they have now. That, that's uh, right. It was a
0: good. You know, I reached out to him because we've been doing this. As I said, that we've had thirty, what fifteen? So we have thirty-two shows, about sixteen facts of the week. And so it was starting to run low, so I asked him to send it, and he did it. He wanted to do it as a tribute to Dr. Wadsworth and also the fact that they had, unknowing that he would pass, they had just finished the exhibit uh, because they had gotten a lot of this stuff before he passed to put in it. So just a a great timing and a great way to honor the man.
1: Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. I think we say 10 to 4, but it says 10 to 5 on the sign. Okay. well, Let's say 10 to 5. Little Ten to five, that's great. Ten to five, Tuesday Rob through Saturday, later if you <laughs> <to>. <laughs> exactly. Ten to five, Tuesday through Saturday at the uh, Desoto County Museum, right there across from BankCorp South on Commerce Street. So uh, swing by and, and visit with Rob and them, and they just do a phenomenal job. And so many of us have moved to Desoto County uh, from other places, whether it be in the Delta or uh, maybe you know followed our spouse or our, or our our better half uh, to Hernando or Desoto County. So let's learn more about uh, where, where we live now. Learn more about the places that our kids and grandkids may may grow up. So uh, right there, DeSoto County uh, Museum, right here on Commerce Street. We're going to turn our sights to uh, sports. Just not a lot going on sports-related coming out of the uh, Thanksgiving weekend, coming out of Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, we will say this uh, real quick. The Hernando Parks and Recreation Department, the Hernando Rec Soccer League will be uh, has opened uh, their registration, and you will be able to register now through January 4th. So through January 4th for the spring season. Derek, did he tell you when the springs? See March, April. It start. It start. Uh, Practices start in February. and okay. Games start in March. That's All right, right. So practice in February, games start March, April. That type situation. Hernando Rex Soccer. Please look them up now to register for the spring. Twenty-one season uh, is open through January 4th. Now, going from
0: soccer to basketball, not an easy transition, but we're going to make it. As you said, there was not a lot uh, going on over the break. Uh, most of the basketball teams had off. Of course, football wrapped up uh, last week. That was the last we covered in our last show, uh, the the final team in DeSoto County, Hernando Tigers, uh, losing out of the playoffs. So now we are turning our attention to basketball. Uh, the only team that participated was All Branch. The All Branch Conquistador participated in a tournament. Now, DeSoto County was also uh, – excuse me, DeSoto Central, was also supposed to participate in this tournament. However, due to COVID concerns, uh, they had to pull out. But this was the Jerry Peters Thanksgiving Basketball Classic, held it up in MUS. Uh, there were several teams, again, only one DeSoto County team because of DeSoto Central having to pull out. But uh, other teams that participated were Bartlett, MUS, of course, Christian Brothers, Briarcrest, so just a lot of good uh, local uh, Memphis teams. Olive Branch were, you know, this is kind of a round robin thing. Olive Branch played two of those, played Christian Brothers. They lost that game 74 to 45. And then the last game they played was against Briarcrest. Uh, Briarcrest, they played on uh, this past weekend, 66 55 loss to Briarcrest. Olive Branch was led by Landon Jeffries with 13 points and Jalen Snead with 10 points. So uh, you know, the coach mentioned that the, the team is still kind of coming together. They've played some really tough teams coming out of the gate, trying to see where his basketball team was. But because of that, they've not been able to get in the flow. They've not been able to get some good transitions. You know, they're kind of working with some new players, and he hopes to build on that. He hopes turf tough, tough early schedule will help him once district starts. That will be uh, challenged again tonight. Uh, he does play another uh, private school that will be playing at North Point tonight. Uh, the girls will be playing at 6 p.m. and the boys at 7.30. So, going from Christian Brothers to Briarcrest and now to North Point, uh, Olive Branch continues to, to be tested. Uh, North Point, both the boys and the girls were 1-0. Uh, they both played one game. And so, uh, again, welcoming uh, Olive Branch conquistadors tonight uh, at the uh, Trojan Gym.
1: Yeah, North Point does not seem uh, scared this season to play anybody. So, that's pretty – That's pretty interesting to – I mean, playing some public school games and and teams. Uh, They won last week, beat South Haven. That's right.
0: Uh, Boys and girls both beat South Haven, so this will be the second DeSoto County team they play. That
1: would be very interesting to keep up with. So, look, uh, when it comes to basketball, we've had people reach out to us on our Facebook page, reach out to us via email. Here's what we're going to do when it comes to basketball. Uh, We're not going to give you tons of X's and O's. We're not going to give you uh, deep stats of of, of different games. But by Friday, Derek and I will begin to start to uh, let everybody know what happens throughout the week, okay? So we're going to have the boys' records uh, for the same teams we covered in football and the girls' records for the same teams we covered in football. Um, we'll let you guys know what's going on there when it comes to boys' and girls' basketball. And then we'll just kind of start seeing who starts to creep up, you know, Derek, and, and, and starts to have more and more in the win column versus the loss column. And that's probably who we'll begin to target and kind of focus on and see where how, how far they can go when it comes to the playoffs.
0: No, I mean, that's – you know, we don't – you know, if, if we've got a special – contributor. If somebody is 40 points in a loss on an 0-10 team, we'll absolutely talk about it. But yeah, to actually focus on teams that are advancing, you know, top two or three teams in the district, sure. and as you said, how they're going to advance as we get closer to the end of January. Uh, February playoff sitting is going to be important. So, I mean, obviously we'll lean more to those teams. That does not mean that if somebody has a standout game in a losing performance or for a team that may not be having a good year that we won't point them out because we will.
1: You know, there's just not a lot going on right now uh, in the sports, from a sports standpoint, coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, but hopefully, some things will start to kind of uh, get going. Basketball is is rolling now, uh, no pun intended, but it's it's getting started. Christmas holiday, Christmas break, uh, and then definitely January, February is when when the, the basketball season really really gets gets going. We have got soccer coming up, we got baseball coming up, just a number of different things we can talk about, and and looking forward to that, of course. Derek, uh, something that we're gonna as we as we begin to wrap up the show, the, the Tuesday show last Tuesday, Derek, right around the time we were wrapping up the show, or de- maybe maybe a day after. Uh, we learned of the passing to to visit a little bit about you and I both attend Hernando United Methodist Church. Um, we learned of the passing of Mr. Gene Norwood. Uh, Mr. Norwood, again, just like Dr. Henry Wadsworth, has been a very solid member of HUMC for a number of years. Um, you and I have sat through meetings with Mr. Mr. Gene. You and I experienced a lot of time. Of course, I sat towards the back, but we both kind of sit towards the back of the uh, the, the sanctuary, and Mr. Gene would typically be to our left there uh, with his lovely wife. And uh, you know, our, our condolences go out to the uh, the Norwood family, uh, we know his son, Jeff, is a listener. Uh, Jeff has actually called me uh, about, you know, different things about the podcast. But So, uh, again, we'd like to say our condolences and our prayers go out to his family, um, his loved ones. Um, just a difficult time during the coronavirus, during the COVID-19. You, you were mentioning off-air, uh, a drive-through that's visitation, nice. drive-through thing where you could, I, I guess, say hello to the family, uh, tell them you're sorry, that type of stuff. So that's so odd to me, growing up in the funeral business, that that's what kind of of funeral uh, directors that's what you know funerals uh, look like nowadays but um, people want to
0: say they're sorry absolutely. people want to say that you care they want to say you know how much they they love the person who has passed and you know kind of like the reverse christmas prayer that's been talked about sure. it's, it's the same thing where you're having a stay in your car you come by and you just you kind of see them and tell them but i think that people want to show the affection i think that people are upset because things aren't normal and be able to do that and I'm glad that they are finding ways, no matter how it is. uh, And then also, you know, we just really... One reach out to the the family that you know Jeff you know we're sorry for your loss and uh, Miss Janie Norwood uh, his wife we're just so sorry for uh, the loss and again Mr Norwood was also an alderman uh, yep. just of course you know we talked about Mr Bryant uh, earlier passing uh, uh, Mr Norwood was an alderman uh, you know back a couple of decades ago and so uh, we just uh, his service for the city uh, he has you know has a, a wonderful building on the square and just just a lot of things and and you know just a, a great set what three men now uh back to back to back and You know, you say that those some things sometimes happen in threes and we just happen that those those three uh, people. But we just uh, reach out and and Hernando continues to to grow, continues to bring good people in. But at the same time, we are losing good people. And it's just a shame to see.
1: Well, you know, you and I have lived in DeSoto County now for over 20 years, lived in Hernando now for uh, over 15. And with that and getting to know people and you and I put ourselves out there a pretty good bit when it comes to our church leadership and that type of stuff. And you've been in Rotary for years. Uh, You get to know these people. People, get to know these people that are involved in in politics involved in a number of different things and, and Derek you know this is an avenue you and I will get to know even more people uh, when it comes to city leadership and different stuff like that so uh, just you know been a, been a tough week for sure for the Hernando United Methodist Church you know losing uh, you know two, two gentlemen like that that have been a part of a number of different things decisions that have been made for the church for a number of years and and, and so forth but uh, I'll never forget Mr. Gene just you know you know just a you know, kind of jolly guy and and a, and a very nice gentleman. So again, our, our, our prayers go out to uh, Miss Janie and, and and her family. Uh, the UTW podcast uh, uh, definitely wants to tip our hat to Mister Gene Norwood um, for a, a life well lived. Well, if there's or not anything else, I'm Matt and I'm Derek. Join us next time
0: under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty <laughs> little girl.
1: Great as me try to kiss her once and-